No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions, of course, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing well today too. this fine Saturday, right smack dab in the middle of July, Brian. And hard to believe it, but you know, we're halfway through the year. Time flies when you're having fun with the coronavirus, I guess. At the beginning of 2020, the beginning of this year in the decade, I mean, we had all great hopes and dreams that this was going to be a great decade. Do you think that the way we left off the last decade has any indication as to how we might be able to recover from this downturn that we've had at the start of this decade? Well, recovery is kind of a funny thing. It's kind of a person-by-person thing. There's probably an old bad joke. Definition of recession is when your neighbor loses their job. Definition <laughs> of a depression is when you lose yours. Right. So it really depends on where you're sitting in all of this. I mean, some people, their business is, is way up. And certainly some areas of the market are way up uh, because we're using you know technology more and anything associated with that, if, you're, if your job was associated with that, you're going, well, I don't really know as much of a change other than I have to wear a mask everywhere, you know. So, But other people, if you've lost your job or your small business is suffering, was shut down, all that, oh, it feels more like a depression. So what the heck are you talking about that anything could be okay? So it's really the recovery is in the eye of the beholder, I'll put it that way. Yeah, you know, you were talking about certain sectors being up and some businesses not affected by this. And I was reading the other day, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said something to the effect of this DocuSign, you know, where you can send documents and you don't have to sign them in person. You simply just click on something and it fills in your signature or your initial that DocuSign actually was more valuable than Ford. I mean, how can that be? 
Well, I can say that not everybody drives a Ford, but I don't know how many, literally thousands of times I have signed on DocuSign. I'm getting really good with my finger doing a pretty (laughs) good uh, signature of mine on my iPad because I'm constantly signing, oh, new account applications, annuity forms, different business types of forms. And then you get to buying and selling houses, refinancing your house. Everything's being done electronically anymore. And and so, yeah, they've really solved an issue prior to coronavirus that didn't exist. Now it does. And, and now, of course, they're, they, they're booming. So I, I could totally see that. And the thing about technology companies compared to just just an offshoot here, when you compare it to like Ford or something like that, the thing about technology companies is when their sales go up, they have very little cost of goods sold. I mean, it's just... A couple, you know, it's electronic clicks. They buy, buy another server, they can add another, you know, 100,000 customers, and, and it all goes to the bottom line. But you look at somebody like Ford, and they come out with a, a new product, a new truck, and they design it, and they got to, you know, buy the steel, they got to pay the labor, they got to, you know, build the plant. Uh, there's huge costs to, to do that, and there's some profit margin coming out the other side, but it's not that big. And so you got a low profit margin business that has high sales compared to a, a very, very high profit margin business like Facebook or any tech company, really, to add, once they built their infrastructure, it's very inexpensive to to multiply their, their customer base. And virtually all of that goes to bottom line. And when it comes down to it, a business is in business for their bottom line. And, and that's what's growing with the DocuSign versus a Ford. Yeah, that's a very good point, too. When you develop a new car, as you said, it might cost hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. But the cost of adding a new server is really quite minimal. So, you know, tech stocks, I mean, that sector of, of the market could be a good place to maybe look to put some of your money, as I say, could. I mean, you know, there are always a lot of competitors. We've got Netflix and we've got Hulu in terms of streamers. But then there are all these other streamers that are coming out as well, too. So that really doesn't mean that every tech stock or every tech company that comes out is really going to shoot to the top, does it? No, it doesn't. And and that's generally why you buy uh, sectors. So I've been spending a lot of time doing subsector analysis uh, of technology companies and different kinds of companies. So for instance, I, I may know DocuSign is really good or, or that oh, paying online might be a good, good way to go or gaming stocks are way up or social networking, whatever it is. And so you can buy beyond just buying tech stocks. You can buy hardware, you can buy software, internet, said gaming, PayPal type of things, visas, those kinds of stocks. There's just a lot of different areas where someone could go. And, and even in the tech stock, you know, if you go to business applications, a lot of the cloud-based tech stocks have really fired up. Now, not all of them are going to be winners. You're absolutely right, Jeff. Some will be. Now, maybe you're in that industry and you know the difference between, you know, okay, this cloud-based company nobody's ever heard of is going to dominate this other one that no one's ever heard of, but they're huge because they're they're working with Amazon and they're working with some of these big companies. And so I was analyzing some of these subsectors and really liked some of the names, but then I did a little deeper dive and I could see, okay, what's the price earnings ratio of these these different groups of companies in ETFs? And I could see somewhere in the mid 20s, I'm thinking, well, if you got tech stocks going forward that are making money and they're just slightly overvalued to the long term average, but they're going to grow their profits in the future, I think that's going to be a good play. And I'm actually going to, again, uh, go heavier into this particular area I was looking at. But then I looked at another one and they were trading at closer to 50 times earnings. And I'm going, well, they've got to pretty much uh, increase their earnings at twice the clip as this other group. 
And I don't see that happening. I, I think they're good companies, but I, I think they're over, overvalued right now. So you do have to have some critical analysis from a macro level too. But if you want to get very micro and buy the, that, that one company, yeah, you're taking a lot more risk. You can still do it though through a subsector technology ETF. And so not just the broad market QQQ, the NASDAQ, but a subsector. If you really like a particular area like semiconductors or, or like I say, internet stocks or, or whatever it is. Well, I remember around 2000 when the dot-coms became a dot-bomb, so I'm always a little wary of those things. You mentioned buying sectors of uh, the stock market. Is it always a better idea to buy a basket of stocks or a basket of equities versus buying individual ones? Well, that's a, that's a great question, and, and I, you brought up another good point on the dot-bomb. So if I was to apply that same analysis, I would look at the, the dot-coms way back when, and the price-earnings ratio would either be not applicable or a thousand. <laughs> and NA, when you see NA, it means they're not making any profit. And so that's a red flag, obviously, if you're buying a basket of stocks that have no net profit but combined to have a net loss as a business. Big red flag right there. So that's what you know people ignored back then. So the answer to your question is yes and no again. It depends. That always seems to be the answer I gave you, Jeff, when you asked me a good question. Uh, does it make more sense to buy a, a basket or, or a sing, single stock? Well, it depends. If you pick the right single stock, it's better to buy that stock. Problem is, I don't know which one that is. And maybe you think you do. Great. Sometimes people, you know, are fortunate and they pick the right one. But I've, you know, as an investment advisor, I can't just say, you know, I'm going to put all my clients' money into one stock. I really like it. I don't know, it might have been, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it might have been Washington Mutual. Who knows, you know? And uh, you might really like a stock, but it's just the wrong one or it's not its time. And so that's a very risky way to go about stock market investing. I'm not saying not to do it. I'm sure everybody that's listening it says, well, I've been working for Microsoft and Amazon. I got all my money in them. I'm doing pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, you picked the right one. Good for you. And so, but, you know, for most of my retirement accounts, you know, they're going, well, I don't mind allocating the market, but I sure want to, you know, diversify my risk some. I like what you're saying about sectors and I want to be overweight in particular sectors. So I'd like some small, tight baskets of stocks. You know, maybe the basket is one of those subsector tech stocks or multiple of those or biotech or different subsectors that we can get into. And that's that is a way to kind of target things you like without having to pick the one stock. Brian, I mean, we talked about Ford versus DocuSign, and Ford is one of those consumer staples in terms of transportation, automotive. I mean, you've got food, you've got energy, that sort of thing. Does that mean that you should totally ignore that sector, those sort of blue chip type of stocks in favor of tech stocks, or should you always have sort of a mix of things? Well, I think, you know, you're going to have a broad market uh, holdings, I would think, because you, you never know. I mean, we're going to go later in the show talking about it. And year to date, who would have known consumer discretionary would be the second best sector? You know, you just don't always know. And and just when you think you're on to something like blue chip, high dividend, low volatility stocks, they were one of the worst performing sectors of anything in the world this year to date. And you go, wait, wait a second, blue chips? And so now might be the best time to buy them. So again, it's it's hard to just have a rule and say, well, I'm not going to buy a particular you know area of the market. And so we want to diversify, but we also want to target and we want to invest outside of the market. There's lots of stuff outside of just buying stocks that we have to look at. 
Well, I think the takeaway from all this, Brian, is the fact that, you know, earlier in this conversation, you talked about how you sit down and really analyze these stock picks and these companies to determine the best ones for clients' individual needs. And I think when it comes to something like this, I've not spent my entire career in finance. I know that you have, so I'd rather turn it over to you. And if our listeners are thinking, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea, you can turn your finances over and your wealth management over to Madrona Financial Services. Get your free, no-cost, no-obligation plan by calling 844-MADRONA. Let the experts who have spent their careers work on your finances and getting you to and through retirement. Believe me, they have more than likely probably built a better mousetrap here. And also with Val Revenue CPAs right here alongside them too, they can cover a lot of bases. Once again, that number 844-MADRONA for your no cost, no obligation plan. Get a first plan, get a second opinion, or even a third opinion. It is very simple. Log on to the website also at madronafinancial.com to request your complimentary plan. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with more after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the state of the market for the first half of 2020. 
And Brian, I know we're going to take a little deeper dive into that. Always good to get some details from you on that. But before we get to that, I want to talk about America reopening and the recovery. We know that there are basically three types of recoveries, the V-shape, the U-shape, and the L-shape. We've often talked that there could be a W-shape as well, too, where it goes down, up, down, up again. So, you know, here we are halfway through the year, and we've been, what, four months or so into this coronavirus pandemic and the economy taking a big downturn. Do you get a feeling that it is one symbol of recovery over another at this point? Well, yeah, I, it's really hard to say, and, and it, I would not be shocked at a W because, you know, last time I checked, when we started all of this, everybody was on complete lockdown, right? The streets were empty, nobody's going anywhere. And now, you know, people are out and about, and a lot of states, you know, they don't require masks and all that stuff. The last time I checked, nothing's changed. The virus is still a virus, and now it's peaking again. And, and if that causes a second shutdown, then, of course, you're going to have some problems there. So it's really hard to say at this point. We're not shocked when you see a W. Brian, do you think America can really afford another shutdown like we had before when so many people were unemployed? I mean, we injected trillions of dollars into the economy, and I don't know. I mean, obviously they can print money, but do you think that they'll have a second round of stimulus and inject more trillions of dollars into the economy? I can't imagine what effect that would have on tax rates. Yeah, I I wouldn't put anything past Congress right now. Um, (laughs) They absolutely could do that. And yeah, it's going to be devastating uh, long-term effects if they if they continue to just pile trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars out there. So I think you're right. I mean, you bring up an interesting point. Well, they may just have to come to the realization is we can't just print another three to five trillion dollars on top of all that we've already done this year and just keep doing that. And we can't shut the economy down either. So maybe a lot of people are just going to have to get sick. <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, and, and we're just going to have to plow through this. I mean, that to me, I almost think that that's the direction that they're indicating they're going. I think I heard one of the governors, I think of Florida, just said, well, I, you know, we just can't shut down. We, we can't just destroy ourselves economically. And uh, it's just going to be what it is. So they're not going to go back to what we did before. And, and I don't, the government, they just don't have enough firepower to just keep pumping money into the economy that it doesn't have. You know, they pump money money in like they have it but they don't and they're borrowing from the next generation on and uh, on the backs of plans to dramatically increase tax rates in the future yeah i think that there is going to be some collateral damage i mean it's like war you certainly do expect a certain number of deaths and in a sense we are in a war here with an enemy that is really just a virus and the government has basically mandated that you do some things and you don't do some other things but i think moving forward in order to keep the economy going that we're going to have to shift that responsibility to the individual listen we've told you you should wear masks in order to protect others and protect yourself but if you don't want to do that and you get the coronavirus don't say that we didn't tell you so so I really think that's the way that things are going to go because I really don't think that America can afford another complete shutdown. But again, only time will tell. Well, Brian, you are the guy here, and I've got this chart in front of me, all these facts and figures. But as I've said before, you're the guy who can really make some sense of this. So let's talk about this a little bit. The second quarter of 2020, U.S. equities staged a remarkable recovery from the first quarter's decline. Yeah, but before we get into that, during break, you brought up a really something I really want to hear about, uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wish you a happy Bobby Bonilla Day. I didn't know. 
Bobby Bonilla used to play for the New York Mets, and he got this contract where the Mets were obligated to pay him $1.19 million every year through 2035. Boy, you talk about an annuity. Everybody needs an annuity like that. Well, you know, when you think about it, he could have gotten all that money up front. He would have paid a very, very high tax bracket on that. And what do you think the chances are that he'd still getting, you know, having a lot of money today? Oh, yeah. I don't know Bobby at all, but I'm just saying professional athletes have got a lot of money in their 20s. You know, how how many of them have a whole lot of money in their 50s? Yeah. Uh, Not. (laughs) Not very many. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. And we've talked about this before. I mean, it's passing on wealth to heirs. If you give uh, somebody in their 20s a big sum of money, like you said, it's a red convertible filled with beer and the friends and, hey, we're off to Vegas with that. But if you stack it out over a period of time, it really is just a much better idea. So I'm sure that Bobby is enjoying that $1.19 million per year. If he doesn't uh, have any other income above that, what do you think his taxation rate is on that? Well, he's going to have it at different brackets. And so he's going to, you know, the brackets aren't too bad right now, even at the higher levels, the highest level, about 37% right now. And so, but some of his money is at 10, 12, 22, 24, 32. uh, And so, Probably the average is, is around 30% on that. So he still has one, you know, $800,000 left after taxes. I'm sure he's getting along just great. So he's a, my attestation to annuities, as funny as that is, and why they're good. I, I was joking with a client. He was like, well, what's the downside of, of buying this, you know, increasing lifetime cash flow annuity? And I said, you know, and we talked about it and, and I said, but... On the flip side, I've never had a 75-year-old that's getting increasing lifetime cash flow that can't run out that says, gosh darn it, Brian, I wish you'd never sold me that darn product, you rat fink. I'm getting a check every single month, and it's higher than it was in prior years. I can't stand that. Yeah. Never heard that, funny, funny as that sounds. Yeah, uh, when you told me that initially, I just laughed and laughed about that. It's something that you're really not going to hear. Oh, well. But I think that you really do have to cover your basic expenses in retirement with guaranteed sources of income. And Social Security is uh, one of those. I know that it's in trouble. 2035 might mean that we get three quarters of what we were going to get. Second is uh, pensions. Not a lot of people have those. But third is annuities. And of course, you know about annuities here at Madrona Financial Services. Somebody wants to know more about annuities, they can certainly give you a call at 844-MADRONA. Okay, Brian, let's talk about this chart here and make a little sense of this investment uh, index strategy here. Yeah, and and the uh, the reason we're going to delve into that, and I'll, I'll add one more, the fixed index universal life for the cash flow and retirement that's tax-free. But when we were talking about that person I was talking about and joking with about you know the lifetime cash flow, well, what's the negative of the annuity? Well, the annuity is never going to get you 20% in a three-month period. Well, the stock market just did that in particular sectors. So there might be a piece of your portfolio. You say, well, I want to kind of go for it on on some of mine. I appreciate safe cash flow for life. And that's great. But I kind of want to, you know, grow my assets and and, uh, at a higher clip than than a safe investment might do that. And so I want to have some allocated to the market. And that's why we want to talk about that. So it's been obviously probably the most interesting year of my entire career with the market. I'm going to break it down into pieces because a lot of times it gets broken down into the S&P 500. Well, the S&P 500 is essentially a a large cap tech stock uh, fund anymore. You look at the biggest names in the S&P 500, it's Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook, Intel. Well, they're all kind of in the same area. So we know tech stocks did fine. 
And so the S&P probably did fine too, which it has. So year to date, uh, the S&P 500 at the end of June 30th was down only about 3% because of those big tech names. But uh, in this last quarter, it had to gain over 20% because the first quarter it was down about 25. So the S&P, the 500 companies down three. The the next group, the S&P mid cap was down 13% year to date. And the next group, the S&P small cap, was down 18% year-to-date. So, Brian, what is the takeaway from these facts and figures? I mean, make some sense out of this for us, layman. Yeah, uh, so what I'm saying here is you, a lot of people want to measure how they're doing against the averages. And I'm trying to pluck out the different pieces of the averages because all that gets reported when you listen to the radio is how the Dow did or, or how the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ did. You never hear about anything else. And most of the money is in other places, too, when you invest. So we can do a sector analysis, uh, kind of a factor-based analysis, international analysis, and a commodity. So I just kind of want to touch on some areas. So one of the areas that I started this show talking about was different sectors and subsectors. So sector might be technology, as I mentioned. A subsector might be the individual pieces of that, the semiconductors, the internet, the te- you know the hardware, the cloud-based stuff, different pieces within technology. So I'm just going to talk sectors here for a minute. A uh, year to date, there are only two sectors in the S&P 500 that are up year to date. And those include consumer discretionary and and uh, technology. Those are the only two that were up year to date halfway through the year. The other sectors, the ones that were down the most were energy at 35, financials, including banks, at 24%. Utilities were down 11%, surprisingly. Real estate down 8.5, materials down 7. And then those sectors that are kind of breaking even are consumer staples, healthcare, and communication services. So it's interesting to note that the different sectors are going to move very differently. Certainly, it took 30% increases in consumer discretionary technology and energy. And uh, just to get to where they are, energy was way in the hole. They had to rise 30% this last quarter to be down 35 year to date. So that first quarter was a real washout. And so it's just interesting to note how different sectors are going to react very differently. You think, well, the market hasn't moved that much. Well, it depends on where your money was in, in the market, sector by sector. Yeah, if you were in energy, like you said, you lost 35.34%. Do you think that these uh, numbers that you're seeing here are going to hold true for the near future, or do you think that there's maybe a little bit of a change that's going to come? Normally, you you might think, well, let's buy the lows and, and uh, they'll come back. It's just a mispricing, emotional kind of thing. But as I've mentioned and been talking on the show for weeks, you know, the world's changing and everything's changing. And I think that we're going to have to go away from just broad market investing if we want to be successful. And we're going to have to go away from that 60-40 stock bond model because the bond market, I just can't imagine how it's got any juice left in it to go up in value. It means rates have to continue to drop. And I just can't see that in the foreseeable future. They don't have much you know, anywhere to go, really. And so that's, that's a big concern. When we look at the the seven to ten year treasuries, you know they're they're yielding 055 percent. I mean that how much lower is that going to go when the treasury is borrowing trillions of dollars and needs people to buy it? That's that's not a a very attractive rate 
to sell those ads. So the old 60-40 model, and again, the broad market-based, we're going to have to change our way of thinking. That's why I've been concentrating on sectors. Because as we look at some of the uh, factor-based measurements, if you'd bought the S&P 500 growth group, you'd be up 8% year-to-date. But let's say that you bought something that sounds really good, the S&P 500 enhanced value. So you overweighted value stocks. You'd be down 27% year-to-date. Here's another one. S&P, low volatility, high dividend. Now, what doesn't sound good about low volatility and high dividend S&P yeah. 500? That sounds great. They're down 23% year-to-date. How about this one? Dow Jones U.S. Select Dividend. I mean, I think of select teams. I mean, they got the best players. <laughs> you know, they got mm-hmm. a great team. Down 22% year-to-date. So I'm looking at, it's, it's really, it's truly a, a measure of the haves and the have-nots in the market this year to date. We're in the middle of coronavirus. I think that that is going to be what's going to happen going forward. I think it's going to be the haves and the have-nots. And maybe on next week's show, we might even talk about zombie companies. Yep. That's a new term that's talking about companies that do not have enough income, profit, to even support the interest on their debt payments. And they're basically walking dead. And (laughs) there's a double-digit percentage of S&P 500 companies that have been classified as that. So if they don't do something remarkable in the near future, we're going to see bankruptcies, reorganizations. And a reorganization sounds great unless you're a shareholder because they reorganize your stock value to nothing. <laughs> uh, and they reissue your stock to somebody else and you you got a class of stock that's not worth anything. So you just didn't see that coming. So there's going to be a whole new area that we have to be concerned about when it comes to analyzing the stock market. Well, it takes someone like you to decipher all of these facts and figures. And as lay people, I mean, I wouldn't attempt to do this. And I think that really illustrates as to why you need to have someone like yourself on your financial team to make some sense of all of this stuff. Once again, if you'd like someone here at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs to help you with your facts and figures and to make some sense of all of this, call 844-MADRONA and get your no-cost, no-obligation plan. Again, 844-MADRONA. Find out more about the firm online at Madrona Financial. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. 
The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more, and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion on the state of the market through the first half of 2020. And Brian, you made some sense of this here, all of these facts and figures, and really this was quite astounding that the energy sector was down 35.34%, financials down something like 23.62%. I mean, this is a telling tale when you look at these. So let's continue with this conversation a little bit and talk about international equities and how they're doing. Yeah, internationally, the the developed XUS, meaning all the company stocks in the world outside of the United States, were down 11% year to date for the first half. And so uh, you can break it down into pieces. Some of the notable is Asia was actually break even. Latin America was down 36. Wow. So flip side of that, uh, yeah, they were way down. Europe down about 12. But again, the, the stuff that sounds good, the developed low volatility. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it, Jeff? Yeah, 17.43%, I say, yeah. Yeah, emerging markets, low volatility, down 16%. So Mm. low volatility didn't work (laughs) this year. (laughs) Dividends didn't work. So they worked in the past, they tend to work, and they didn't this time around. Now, if we go into the bond market, what's interesting there is that with rates staying low, somehow, some way, because people are very scared, and so they just want to bury it in the backyard and get their 0.5% or whatever, the treasuries have rallied and treasuries rally when interest rates drop. Interest rates drop when there's a lot of fear and the economy is, you know, right now people are fearful and they're buying bonds. And so that may continue, but I highly doubt it. I've been wrong on that before. I just, I didn't know the appetite for half percent bonds was so great. I just don't understand that very much at all. But so they've rallied this year. A lot of the bond areas like high yield corporate bonds are about to break even. Preferred, the, the, the only areas that pay a decent dividend, roughly in the 6% area, would be U.S. leveraged loans and preferred stocks. And they're the two areas of the bond markets that are down year to date. So it's kind Mm. of a flip-floppy bond market right now. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. don't do a lot of bonds anyway. I I use fixed index annuities and, and real estate as an alternative to bonds. And I think I'm even more susceptible to do that in the future because I just can't see the future of bonds being all that great. 
Well, Brian, let's talk about some tangibles here. Uh, let's talk about some commodities. Uh, these are some interesting numbers as well, too, and some staggering numbers in some sectors. Yeah, commodities are, are stuff that you can touch, essentially. It, it could be livestock, agriculture, corn or something like that. It could be, you know, trading places. What was it? Uh, orange juice and yep. pork bellies or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Energy, industrial metals, precious metals, that kind of thing. So the commodity index itself, the S&P commodity index, down 36% year to date. So I guess that with the supply chain disrupted, companies weren't buying what they used to buy. And so huge drop there. When we go to the subsectors, one of them actually made money. Precious metals was up 16% because it's a fear asset. And energy down 54 globally. Wow. Yeah. Livestock down 32. Poor cows. I guess we weren't (laughs) eating our steaks at our favorite steakhouse. And so, yeah, so the value of that dropped dramatically. So that's been a a hard hit area. So if you had a diversified portfolio and didn't have a whole bunch of, of large cap United States technology stocks, you probably got hit pretty good during coronavirus. <laughs> uh, if you did have a nice mix and maybe overweight in certain subsectors and sectors and had your annuities that were safe through this and had the, uh, the right kind of real estate and had the right FIULs and all these other things, then you're probably just fine through all of this. So, yeah, it's definitely a season of the haves and the have-nots. A couple of really shocking numbers that jumped out for me from this page, and that was energy down 53.81%, but yet precious metals up 15.70%. And as you said, when there's fear in the air, precious metals tend to go up, and we're talking about gold and silver and that sort of thing. Can we look forward to these numbers being about the same, or do you think that there's going to be a dramatic shift in these numbers once the economy continues this recovery mode? Yeah, these are going to continually shift as we, you know, kind of evolve. I think you had a, a saying that you, you mentioned about survival of the fittest uh, at the break. Yeah, I, I don't remember, you know, this in school. I don't remember. Maybe Darwin or something like that. It's not the fittest that survive, but it is those most adaptable to change. Yeah, so I think, you know, I don't necessarily believe in Darwin, but I definitely, right, definitely right, right. believe in uh, adapting to change. And, and so uh, I think that there's no question, as, and I've been saying that throughout uh, the shows here, that companies are going to have to adapt. People are going to have to adapt. We're going to have to adapt how we do everything we do. And those companies that are ahead of the curve on that have a much, much better chance of prospering than those that are kind of stuck in their ways or don't have the ability to adapt. I mean, there'll be certain companies that, you know, how do you, how do you adapt? But, well, I, I guess I take that back. I was thinking just it just popped in my head. Well, there's Netflix and Blockbuster. Well, Blockbuster decided uh, we can't adapt to changes in technology. We're just going to have to close down all of our stores. And Netflix said, well, we were sending them in the mail and we just adapted and now we produce our own movies and we, we make it streaming. You can get us anywhere you want to be. And, and so they adapted. So there's a great example of, you know, two people that would physically give us CD, you know, DVDs to stick in our, our machines. One of them dramatically adapted and one of them has been out of business for a decade. So adaptability, I think, is very, very important in business, but it's also very, very important in life. So, Brian, some of these numbers have been really, really sort of astounding. What is the big takeaway from all this? 
Should we really consider that this is the way that things are going to continue on into the future, these numbers, or do they just mean, hey, this is interesting, this is what it is today and what it was, but it doesn't necessarily indicate the way that things will continue in the future? It definitely does not indicate what the future will hold, and uh, but history, we have to understand history and where we came from to, to understand where we might be going. And so that applies to stock market, applies to life in general, I think. And so I think it's really important to just just understand. It might be one of those moments where you go, yeah, I think I pretty much thought I had a handle on my investments, but maybe there's someone out that might have a out there that has a little bit better handle on things. And obviously I'm talking about Madrona Financial here that, you know, we're here to help guide our our clients through all of this. And, and I, we uh, we have been doing that and, and we've uh, had a very good year with all the strategies that we've been implementing. So it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. There's certain people that want love to do it themselves, but maybe it's time to say, well, maybe I'll just uh, manage a small piece of the account and I'll turn over the main stuff to Madrona and let them run with it. Uh, sound like they know what they're doing. Yeah. In the old days, I mean, I was a DIYer. I used to change the oil in my car because it was so simple. Here was the dipstick, there was the oil filter, and there was the little plug. You undid it and drained the oil. Now in my modern cars, I mean, I'll be darned if I can even find a dipstick. I just say, you know, I'm just going to leave it to the experts who've built their business changing oil. So, you know, it's not a good idea to DIY everything. And I think when it comes to your finances and, you know, what you've just been talking about is an illustration that sometimes they can be rather complex. And you just got to know when to turn things over to someone else. And if you'd like to turn your financial plan over to the experts here at Madrona Financial Services, you can do that by calling 844-MADRONA and get a complimentary financial plan, a first opinion, a second opinion, or even a third opinion. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be turning it completely over to the experts at Madrona Financial because, of course, you do have a say in this. I mean, when, you know, they put together these plans, they show you what they think, but, you know, you're the boss after all. They're going to make some recommendations, but I think you'll find that most of the time, those recommendations, I'm going to say that really pretty much all the time, those recommendations are going to be the right thing for you. So once again, if you want a no-cost, no-obligation financial plan, that number is 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Glad you could join us. A belated happy Bobby Bonilla Day to you. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and look it up. We're going to continue our program right after this and talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden's tax plan when our show continues. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Recently, I've been giving some seminars on how people can either invest in passive real estate or potentially do a tax-deferred exchange, which means that they can sell their highly appreciated rental real estate and exchange it into passive real estate and not have to pay the income taxes on that currently. One of the questions I often get asked on that is, well, what can I exchange into? So there's different kinds of properties you can exchange into, and these are generally held across the United States and different states or geographic diverse. One of them is self-storage. Now the advantages of self-storage is that generally that's become the garage of America. People have apartments or houses. Mostly self-storages seem to fill up pretty good. There can be a medical office. They tend to have very long-term leases. You can have multifamily. Multifamily can be very interesting, especially higher-end, newer multifamily projects. Uh, maybe a 250-unit newer apartment complex with all the bells and whistles. Millennial 
millennials tend to like those. Their home ownership rates are dropping. Their apartment rental rates are increasing, especially on these kinds of properties. Now, you can go into retail, but I'm going to suggest not to do that in most situations. You don't want to have a bunch of retail leases and have the anchor tenant move out. Be very careful about the type of property and make sure if you're going to do an exchange into a Delaware statutory trust or other real estate investment that you are talking to somebody that really understands the implications of what you're getting into. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Madrona Financial. Investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Call now and get a copy of Brian's new book, The Little Red Book of Retirement, The Basics of Retirement Investing. From taxes to lifestyle tips, you'll gain valuable insights as you plan for retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And today I want to talk about Biden's tax plan for capital gains and step up in basis. And Brian, once in a while on my internet, I see uh, Joe pop up there and he's, you know, wanting you to do something, this or that, maybe asking for money. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but it just occurred to me. I mean, he's an older fellow. He talks a little slow, but boy, he comes off as being really, really tough. And as people get older, boy, they just get tougher, don't they? Yeah, evidently. <laughs> we we think about our past. We used to jump higher. We played ball uh, deeper into uh, our our <laughs> careers. Uh, we, everything we did, or we won every fight. We we had fights we <laughs> we never probably really had. We remember them. Uh, yeah, it's interesting looking at De Niro and Biden and all these old old coots, and they're always oh, getting tough. I'm going to kick your butt. Like, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old guy who says, well, back in my day, we didn't have flame-proof pajamas. We just caught on fire. We burnt to a crisp, and we liked it that way. You know? <laughs> Older people are a lot of fun. Yeah, your past uh, gets a lot more colorful when you get a little bit older. So let's talk about Joe Biden's tax plan for capital gains. Really, he is proposing uh, something that would cost $750 billion over a decade with his health care plan, and that's got to be paid for somehow. So what are some of the ways that Joe Biden expects that we would pay for all this? Well, uh, one of the ways is to make capital gains over a certain amount taxed at ordinary income rates. So the way it works now is if you have an investment asset that you've held at least a year and you sell it at a gain, then you get a a preferential rate, capital gains rate. So capital gains are a good thing. You want your gains to be taxed at that rate uh, if they're going to be taxed at all. And so we'll talk about that too because uh, we used to have the ability to not have any tax. And so the step up in basis. And so if if we have capital gains at ordinary income tax rates, obviously that, that tax is going way up. But there's a couple of big problems with that plan. And I think I know some of the problems there, uh, Brian, but why don't you illustrate for us a little bit? Okay. First off, capital gains is often just a tax on inflation. So picture this. Grandma bought a house for $10,000 and it was 30 years old when she bought it. And 40 years later, 
that house is still that house and she sells it but now it's worth because of inflation and everything three hundred thousand dollars and so she got a two hundred ninety thousand dollar gain on it but when you look at it she's just selling the same house it's the same house it's just 40 years older than it was before so it's not even as nice as it was when it started but the tax law would say oh no you had a two hundred ninety thousand dollar gain on that you need to pay a whole bunch of income tax to us because you prospered from that and like no, I still have the house. It's just older. It's not even as nice. How is that a true economic gain? It's, it, it isn't. I'm just keeping up with inflation. So as you can see, capital gains is, is really at, at some level a tax on inflation. Now, the other thing with that is if we have capital gains at ordinary rates, we've now eliminated the desirability for people to invest long term as much as they used to. They used to invest long term knowing well, at least I know that even if I'm getting taxed on inflation, I have some upside here that I'm going to have a preferential rate to. So I'm willing to invest long term. Now that might take some of that incentive away from long term investments. So, Brian, it sounds like something we've been talking about here in the show called the step up in basis. It sounds like that's going to go away. Can you explain more about that? Well, that's one of his proposals, too. And so we got first we got the capital gains thing, but a lot of people can avoid the capital gains entirely by leaving assets to the next generation or to your spouse. And so what he's uh, essentially talking about is we've always had the ability to pass on assets as a legacy plan. So let's say grandma had that house and rather than sell it and pay a lot of tax and and not be able to keep up with inflation because she just had to give up a whole bunch of money. Now grandma wants to leave the house to her daughter. So her daughter has a place to live. And now that's all she ever wanted to do was leave that house behind. Well, it used to be you could leave that house behind and, and there's no tax. She and daughter could inherit the house, no problem. Well, under the proposal, upon grandma's death, the tax has to be paid on all of those inflation gains essentially over all the years. So the daughter inherits this house, but then the tax man says, oh, by the way, you owe $80,000 in income tax on this $300,000 house. And she's going, well, I don't have $80,000. Grandma just left me the house. Well, you're going to have to sell the house. You, you can't keep the house. And so now, whenever somebody wants to leave an asset behind, they can't. Well, let's try and leave a farm behind. You can't. Let's try and leave a business. You, you can't. you got to sell them. you got to sell everything because the taxes do. There's no step up in basis. So we're not going to have legacy transfer anymore. We're going to have sales, forced sales, and it's because the government needs the money. So it's really going to potentially greatly affect if, if Biden, you know, follows through on his plan here. There's going to be a lot of negative side effects. And if he gets the support of the Senate and the Congress, there are going to be huge negative consequences to all of this. I'm sure they haven't really thought through. But I think that's just a, a terrible result if this all goes through according to what he's saying. Well, Joe says that he needs $750 billion to cover this health care plan. And, you know, with no step up and capital gains increasing, do you think that that's going to add up to $750 billion, Or is it just going to be sort of a drop in the bucket? Yeah, it's not going to cover it because people are going to adjust what they do. And they always do. People don't want to pay taxes. And when you add up the numbers, the numbers don't don't cover it at all. This is just another kind of a soundbite, in my opinion, to saying, oh, 
hey, let's just raise the taxes on capital gains over a million dollars. Well, first off, that doesn't cover hardly any of this uh, $750 billion. And secondly, when, what's going to happen is it's over a million, and then it's going to be over 100000 then it's going to just be all incomes taxed at the highest rates, and the rates are going to go up. And you know, we could be a, see a, a place 10 years from now where income tax, you know, there's, no, there's just no deductions for anything. Capital gains don't get a preferential rate. There's no step in basis. The, the top brackets are 50, 60, 70 percent. Uh, the government's just saying, hey, if you have if you have resources, we need them. We need you to give them to us. Uh, when you die, we need them to give you give them to us when we're alive. They're just going to be there's no end to the appetite for taxes going forward the way that we're borrowing money right now. Brian, you've been in the financial services business for, I think, something like 30 plus years. And in those 30 years, tax rates have been high. Do you remember what it was like in terms of tax mitigation when tax rates were high? And will you use those same strategies if they go back to being high again? Well, I think this is a great time. There, there's one strategy I don't think they're going to take away no matter what, and that's uh, tax-free proceeds from life insurance. And so we can use life insurance as an investment asset. And I would I would say if you're in your 30s, 40s, or, or up to your mid-50s and you're listening to this, it might be a really good uh, exercise to get an illustration on a fixed-index universal life uh, I'm thinking another article I need to write uh, will be about diverting some of your typical 401k contributions into an FIUL because your 401k contributions are going to grow over time, hopefully. But then you're going to have to pay tax on all of that, including all the growth, at a high future rate, as opposed to what if you diverted that money into a fixed index universal life and your future rate on all of your earnings and growth was zero. So I think that's going to become a, we're just going to have to adapt, like we talked about earlier on the show. We'll have to adapt our investment strategies to tax efficient ones given the new tax laws if they uh, actually come about. So tax mitigation strategies are, uh, you know, they're always important in a financial plan, but I think they're going to become even more important because with all the stimulus money and everything and maybe health care reform and all that, taxes definitely are going to go up and we have to find uh, some way to pay the least amount that we legally can do that. Brian, you talked about an illustration of the FIUL's fixed index universal life. Is that something that is in most plans or all the plans that you do? Do you really point out your opinion with things through illustrations? Yeah, if it's appropriate, if your health is there, because it is a life insurance, so if you had some significant health problems, you probably can't qualify. And age can make a difference. I'm probably not going to run one for a 70-year-old. I'm, you know, I'm going to run it for a 55-year-old or a 45-year-old. And so that, you know, it has to be age appropriate too. But if it fits into your plan, then yeah, we run illustrations and I purposely run them at more conservative levels, not necessarily historical, knowing that, you know, maybe rates are going to be much lower for a long time to try and say, all right, what, what could this look like realistically in the future? So once again, you know, what you're suggesting in the plans are backed up by illustrations. And in order to get your plan and maybe to see an illustration, again, no cost, no obligation. We say this every week, and I'm still not sure why everybody doesn't call, but a lot of people have done that so far. To get your complimentary no cost or no obligation plan, once again, call 844-MADRONA. Once again, Brian, we're out of time for this week. I want everybody to have a great middle of July here. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schilblum. My t- 
Kay Talavera is our associate producer. Laura McLaughlin's our content supervisor. Josh Toys, our technical editor. And Surferboy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today, because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Madrona Financial Services is proud to announce the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement, Retirement Strategies for Everyday Life. The brand new 2020 edition empowers your retirement knowledge to guide you on retirement investing, annuities, and passive real estate investing, as well as information for the high net worth investor. You can download your free copy today by visiting madronafinancial.com. To help prepare for a prosperous retirement, get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement today by visiting madronafinancial.com.